Praise God. Let's look at uh, Psalm 84, verse 10. Let's start there. Psalm 84, verse 10. It says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Praise God. I really love this passage of Scripture. Let's go back to verse 10. It says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Implied. Another translation say that. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I want to talk to you this morning just... Uh, for a few minutes about having a heart to serve the Lord, to serve God, to serve Him. You notice in this verse, in, in verse 10, it says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Well, what's a doorkeeper? That's an usher. That's a greeter. That's a person that's watching the door, right? And that, people would say, you know, certain things are, are not a big deal. He, the, the psalmist is saying, I would rather do that in the house of God, which is, people would say, well, that's, that's not a big deal. Then you could say, then dwelling, uh, you know, in luxury with people that don't serve God. Now, God's not against you having luxury, but if you had to choose, better to just open the door in the house of God than to, you know, be, be living the high life, so-called, because none of that in the long term matters. When we get to heaven, it's going to pale in comparison to what we see in heaven. It's going to be like, I was, you know, if we didn't make the wrong choices, I was going after that. That is so, so ancient. Look at what they have here. And so God, God's eternal. God's all-knowing. He's almighty. And this heart that you see here is saying, I, I would rather just do whatever, whatever in the house of God. I, I, it's a heart that is saying, I serve him. And if you serve somebody, what does it mean? What, you know, uh, when we go to a restaurant, uh, you know, uh, a server or a waiter comes to your table. What does that mean? What do they do? They're, they're serving you, waiting on you for what you want. What, what is your order? What, what do you want? It's not about them. You know, you imagine going into a restaurant and they're like, oh. They just look at you and blow you off. I mean, you can go into restaurants like that, I guess. Um, but, you know, when you get somebody, you know, we, I know we had a, just a couple experiences just recently where I know there's this one young, young man just, just did an excellent job waiting. I mean, he was just on it, just 
just asking ahead of time and really quick and nice. And this other lady that, that we've gotten to know, and, and she's just great uh, over time. You know, over years, have you seen somebody and then just recognized? I guess, you know, we have four kids, so sometimes I guess it's, it's not a lot. I was just talking to somebody, you know, by today's standards, it might be a lot, but I was just talking to somebody the other day, you know, older. He's, he's one of eight. You don't see that a lot now. But um, I don't know, maybe it's recognizable or whatever. But, but just somebody that, that has got your best interest that, that is waiting on you and doing a good job. Well, when we're talking about waiting on God, serving God, that means it's about him. And it's whatever he wants, and it's whatever he's asking us to do. You know, you can imagine, you know, if, if the Lord, if you were to meet the Lord in heaven, which we'll see him, and he asked you to do something. I know somebody was saying, you know, uh, give it this illustration. Like, I don't know that the streets of gold get dusty, but if he handed you a broom, if the Lord came and said, would you mind, these are getting a little bit, you know, uh, dirty. Would you mind sweeping? What, what are you going to say? That's not my call. That's not my ministry. I'm, 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 I'm called to do something else. If Jesus is coming to you, would you do this? What, what does that mean? If he's asking me to do it, what are you, you going to say no? But people do that all the time. Well, that's not what I need to do. That's, that's, that's beneath me. You know, it's just such a, you know, we just got done with this move. You realize all that stuff is ministering when you work. You know, at Rama, you know what they told us? How do you spell ministry? W-O-R-K. People think ministry is like preaching, like right now. Well, of course, that's ministry. That's serving. But you know, uh, moving a box is serving. Uh, getting, wrapping a box Making, putting the box together, driving a truck, moving a chair, putting up a TV, tearing down speakers, sweeping, you know, standing at the elevator so that other people, you know, uh, are regulating that. Every single part of that is serving the Lord. It's all part of doing something for his kingdom. And see, there is no mundane thing when you're talking about the kingdom of God. If you imagine Jesus asking you to do it, it is no longer mundane. Every part. You know, figuring out the plan for this, this area. You know, rely on, on people in the church. You know, Greg helped out with that. You had Tom helping put the TV up. You got a lot of you that were helping pack certain things. You have... You know, and Adam was helping with that. Max helping with um, tearing down the, the, the audio stuff. Well, there's are all different people. Well, that, I'm not good at that, but I'm really good at this. We need them all. Because we're not all good at everything. Now, we may be able to do everything to a degree, but that's not the same as being good at it. You know, you, you want to just... Do what you're called to do, 
but that doesn't always look like something bright and shiny. In fact, a lot of what uh, just goes into serving God, it just looks like work. And that's why certain, you know, sometimes people shy away from it. They're like, well, that's not spiritual. And then they go home and read their Bible. Great, your Bible is good, but you also have to do natural things. If all you do is sit at home and read your Bible, if you don't have some other means to take care of the other stuff, your life's not going to go well. I'm not saying, you know, yeah, you're called to do the ministry. You want to spend more time in that, but you better have a support system to enable that. Don't just assume that I'm going to be spiritual, quote unquote, and not lift a finger. You know, some people think they're being spiritual and they don't get a job because they're waiting for God just to mail them checks or something. Well, God's not going to mail you a check. He's not going to counterfeit anything. And uh, some, you know, some of those people, they just need to go get work. I don't know, you know, we're not, I didn't plan on saying that stuff, but <laughs> it's true. You have people that over-spiritualize anything. They think they, they'd rather pray. Well, thank God you can pray, but you know what? Uh, there's, there's stuff you got to get done. Well, you know, like the psalmist is saying, I'd rather just be, I'd rather be just the door person in the house of God. I'm glad to do it. I'm going to be, I'm going to see that it's done well. And see, this is a thing. We ought to, the heart, the heart that we saw, you know, in, um, in this move and the heart that, that we just want to continue to cultivate just all together is whatever God wants us to do, whatever needs to be done, I'm there to do it and I'm going to do it the best of my ability. I'm going to, it's going to be done. This is my, my role. It's not like, well, that's just this. No, there is no just this. It's, it's about your heart. It's about whatever you need. I remember at Brother Hagen's funeral, you know, we got we moved to to Rama, to to Oklahoma for me to go to school in 2006, and we showed up. We moved at the end of June, and then you know uh, Shelley was pregnant with Andrew, and uh, and then Brother Hagen died, right when school was starting. You know, he was 86 years old. He went on to be with the Lord. He always said that's the way he would go. He's just gonna go. That's what he did. They tried, they revived him and, you know, kept his body alive, but he was, he was gone. But I remember we were at the funeral because, you know, Shelly was singing. And, um, and so I remember Pastor Hagen said, I mean, they had all this go into that. Because you imagine, Brother Hagen was an international figure, uh, very humble man. He didn't seek that, but he uh, affected the world in a big way. And so all these people come in to honor him. Well, that's a huge thing. You know, Rhema Bible Church is big. It seats like 4,500 people, but you had people from all over coming. And I remember him saying, he goes, the, the outpouring of, of help. He goes, I got, I got pastors of 2,000 member churches saying, what do you want me to do? You want me to stand in the parking lot? Whatever you need. It's not about me having a seat. Whatever you need. See, that's the heart. It's not about, well, where am I sitting? It's how can I help you? How can I, how can I be a blessing? How can I serve the Lord? Because it's not about a person. It's about him. And it's about whatever we can do to help. That's, that's the heart. This, this psalm is the same. Man, I'd, rather just, I'd rather just be at the door than in, be in the high rise, you know, living it up, quote unquote. It's never beneath us when it's God talking. 
it ought to be, you want, you want that? Think about in the natural, if somebody had a real respect for a certain person, they asked you to do something and really had high regard, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like, you want me to do that for you? Sure. How can I help? How can I help do that? I'll do it. You don't, you don't say, well, it's just this. They're just asking me to, you know, run them an errand so it doesn't really matter. I'll, I'll take my time and I'll get there whenever. No, you would be like, I am on it. Right? Well, that's, that's the heart of a servant. That's a heart of, of uh, living for him, a heart to serve the Lord. And he is our example. Jesus isn't Jesus, God in the flesh. 100% man, 100% God. Walked the earth. Was tempted like you and me. Everything that you're tempted with in life, the Bible says there is no temptation that's not common to man. Jesus was tempted. He may not have had the exact same you know, situation, but all the ways you could be tempted, he was tempted. And yet he was without sin. And he came, God, Almighty, walking with people. And yet he came to serve. And he laid down his life to serve. He didn't, he didn't come and say, now, I created you. Because, you know, Jesus is God. He was there from the beginning. He's not a second part. There's three. God is three in one. He was there. He didn't come and say, I created you. Now, here's how it's going to be. Start cracking the whip. He said he came uh, to serve, to die for mankind. Philippians, uh, let's see. We want to go there now. Let's go. Uh, Let's go to John 15, 11, and then maybe we'll see. We'll go to the next one. It says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may re remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So he said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. See, that's love motivating it. That's true servanthood. And that's the heart that we as Christians, if we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, then we act as the Christ whose Spirit dwells in on the inside of us would act. And look at Philippians 2 verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness 
of men. That means, if you go back to verse 5 and 6, let this mind be in you who is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And that, that means that sometimes that's a little bit uh, unclear to us. What does it mean with the robbery? It's meaning something to be grasped, like somebody taking. It's, he, he's, it's saying it wasn't something that he was seeking after to be like, well, I'm, I'm God, so I'm better. It says, verse 7, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. That's a willing servant. A bondservant was somebody that became a servant willingly, not out of forced, being forced to, but because they chose to. Well, doesn't that describe the Christian? Anybody forcing you to be a Christian? No. We chose. And we have received cleansing through the blood of Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus could pay the ransom, could make the payment. So we chose. Well, when we say, Jesus is my Lord, we're saying, I do what you tell me to do. And basically, whatever you need. Whatever you need, whatever you want me to do. And I, I've noticed this throughout my life, you know, gain experience. I don't, there's a lot of, whole, stu- whole lot of stuff I don't know. And the more you get older you get, the more you realize how little you know. But one thing I've noticed in just being around and talking to people and hearing things is that whatever God tells you to do, it's going to take faith, and it's going, well, i just say it like that. It's going to take faith for you to do it. There's not anybody that's called to do something that it's like, well, this is easy. And sometimes we look at somebody else and say, that's easy. But for them, it's taking faith to do it. And it's probably a challenge. I won't say probably. It is a, it is a pressure on their flesh to do what they're called to do. You know, people say, you know, people joke, and it's funny. You know, somebody's uh, in Hawaii or, you know, California in certain places, and, oh, roughing it, roughing it for Jesus or whatever. I guarantee you, if they're called there, they're not, the things that they're called to do and called to do for God, they're not like, oh, this is just on, they're not on vacation. You realize, I mean, we live in the Northeast. They, people don't, I guess they come up here to, to ski. But, you know, the nice part is in the, cool, the, the warmer months and then, you know, in the fall before it really gets cold. People come. It's different when you're living there day to day and when people are visiting on vacation and leaving. You say, oh, it's great to live. Well, you know as well as I do. Uh, when you live here, there's different challenges. Well, there's challenges in Florida. Well, it's warm all the time. Yeah, it's warm all the time. None of the bugs die. In all kinds, in hurricanes. And, you know, there's, there's just, it doesn't matter where you are. What's well, the same thing in ministry and the same thing in calling in life? You say, well, it'd be easy to do their job. It'd be easy to do. Don't kid yourself. If you're a servant to God, if you have a heart to do it, whatever he calls you to do, it's going to challenge your faith. You're going to have to trust him 
and you're going to have to put your flesh down. It's just the way it is. So don't ever look at somebody and say, well, they have it easy. They're called, or they're, they're doing that. That's just, that's the devil talking to you. It's, it's not God. And, and so that type of a thinking will distract us and think, well, I want to do that job. I don't want to do this. I want to do this part. That's really nice. I you know. And then when, when uh, there's an opportunity to do something, well, that's not, I don't like to do that. I want to do this. Well, that's not the way the kingdom of God operates. It's, it's it, whatever he says, okay? There is no other answer than what he, what he says. If he's the king and he says, hey, do this, okay? That's what we're doing. And we're going to do it well. We're going to go after it. Well, that heart, that separates uh, just somebody that's just biding their time from somebody that is serving out of excellence, out of a heart to bless. And we all have the opportunity to do that as we're walking with God. So here it says, verse 7, Philippians 2, verse 7, He made Himself of Jesus. So Jesus is our example. He's the master. He's the leader. He's God. Then no one has lived on earth better than Him. He was the spotless sinless son of God that walked without sin. It said he made himself of no reputation being taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Notice that word he became obedient. What does that mean? He he did what he was told to do to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. So God has exalted him, but he humbled himself. Sometimes people think, well, I want to do such and such. But they're not thinking at all about serving and they're not thinking at all about you know, people look all the time. It's just in the natural too, right? I want that life. But they don't consider at all what it took for that person to, to do what they're doing. Everything that they gave up, all the time that they did something different. You know, you see that in athletics. And, and Well, this is saying Jesus humbled himself. He, he put his flesh down. He said, doesn't matter. I'm going all the way for them. I'll do whatever it takes, which is going to the cross, taking the sin of the whole world on himself, every person. And now God has highly exalted him and given him the name is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and the, that of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. The Father. His name is above every name. Our, our motivation shouldn't be seeing our name exalted. It's to see His name exalted. It's, it's about Him. It's about doing what He said do. Look at Matthew 13, 44. 
It says again, the kingdom of heaven is like, uh, is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it, giving up everything for that one thing. See, he wasn't looking at many things, saying, well, I want that, want that, want that. And he's saying, this is it. And I'm all in. Literally. And that's what it said, the first one. He found a treasure hidden in a field. He found a man found and hidden. And for joy over that, he goes and sells, what? All that he has, in verse 44. And he buys that field. He's all in. Whatever. And the same thing with the the pearl of great price, sold all that he had and he bought it. That's just saying whatever it takes. Whatever you want me to do. Whatever it looks like. You want me to, you want me to be at the door? Done. Not looking to, well, I'm going to do this for a little bit. Somebody said it like this. If you're looking at your current place as just a stepping stone to something else, you, you're just stalling. You're, not, you're trying to look past, and the things that you need to learn to get to the next place, you're not going to learn because you're looking at it as temporary. I'll tell you, I looked at that. I, 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 I've experienced that myself. Um, you know, when I was working as a software engineer and software engineering manager, you know, I was in the software engine industry for over 20 years, and... Uh, I didn't start, I didn't just go to the software industry and decided one day to be a pastor. Uh, when I was uh, going to college, you know, I started going to, to a, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, um, you know, before I graduated and, and just started getting involved and, and I just had the impression, I was like, as I, 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 as I got, I graduated and started to work, I was like, I, I just sense I'm, I'm starting to do my full-time job, but it seems like I'm, there's something, you know, I wouldn't even be able to t articulate it ministry wise, uh, just something serving. And I, I would go, I'd be at home night and I'm like, do I read these books? Uh, you know, I, I'm computer engineer and computer engineering degree, which is like half software and half electrical engineering, you know, I read these books to get that stuff and gain more understanding in that, spend some extra time there, or, you know, should I be studying all this other? And well, it was kind of like, well, both. But I, I had a sense really early, and I just served in the church, whatever, whatever they wanted, whatever they wanted me to do. Okay, you want me to help with the youth? Okay. You want me to clean the church? All right, I'll be there Saturday. Asked me to then to play the keyboard, okay? Playing the keyboard and finally the more the main keyboard, okay? You know, you'd start picking songs. I remember the first time I picked songs. I spent like three or four hours on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> trying to pick, because you know, this is 26 years ago or so. And we praise and worships were really long a lot of times then, you know, and um you just went from song to song, and I wanted to make sure the keys, you know, the modulation, if I'm going to C, it's in C, or it's going up to D, or it just didn't, you know, it wasn't clash, and the tempos worked, and, you know, I was like, I want to get right, and I spent, I had the song list, and I literally, I spent like three or four hours to pick six songs. 
And I started doing that. And you know what I got to, to understand and, and just, I really learned how to be led. It wasn't the only thing, but I, that was one thing that I, I, it helped me to, to know the voice of God because I, you know, in picking those songs and then I'd be watching and when, when's the pastor going to get up? And when is he done? When do I need to go up there and start playing for ministry time? And I learned those things, and I spent, you know, then they asked me to be the, you know, I pick the songs and, and lead, and then uh, you start singing. I had never sung. I did not want to be on the stage. I didn't. I didn't want to do that. I'm not digressing. I get back to software engineering. This is process. So I'm in, I'm a young adult. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just going and whatever you want. I was there all the time. You know, whatever the doors are open, I'm there. Whatever you want me to do. And so then I was doing the music, but I had done all these other things. We cleaned the church. And when we got married, we cleaned the church every once in a while, uh, whatever rotation was. But, you know, I, I learned some of these things just developing and, and uh, growing in um, just being led, but I, I, I remember when, because um, actually, you know, you've heard, maybe heard how Shelly and I met, is she came to Lincoln, Nebraska to do a music workshop, and that was her first and last music workshop when we met, and we got married a year later. Well, during that, when we came, when she came, you know, she was there to give feedback and stuff. And I was picking the songs, but I wasn't singing. So I'm picking them, and other people are leading them. And I'm like the one that I kind of know where to go, but I'm not singing. And she said, and this is before, you know, we married or anything like that or dating. or She was like telling the pastor, and I was there. He's supposed to be leading. He's supposed to be singing. <laughs> and I was like, no. I I don't want to sing. I had never, I mean, I, I sang, but I didn't, I didn't consider myself a singer. I played the piano since I was in first grade and took lessons and liked to play the piano, but I didn't want to sing. And the first night I sang on a Wednesday night, we did it the next Wednesday. I was up there. I was fear and trembling. <laughs> I am serious. To, to be up there, and it was a grand piano, baby grand, because we were, we were in a, a building that um, we were kind of using this church's uh, place and so they had a baby side. So we that's what we did, you know. It was if this is the stage, it was sideways, and so I have a mic and I'm gonna play. And I remember talking for a little bit at the beginning, you know, entering, and I'm like, I don't want to sing. I don't want to. How am I gonna sound? I mean, I I know pitch, I know music stuff, and I know when I don't hit it. <laughs> and I hadn't sang in front of people ever. I mean, other than you know choir and. It was in, you know, some boys singing and stuff like that. But I didn't ever get up there by myself. I did not want to do that. Some people go, oh, that's great. You get, oh, you want it? No, I did not want to do it. <laughs> Don't. But I really, I believe my pastor asked me, and I was like, yeah, that bears witness. Okay. Here we go. And I started singing then on Wednesday nights. And then by the fall, he was like, all right, you're going to start singing, and you're fully the music, well, that didn't go over well with the people that were singing, and we had a little bit of a transition there, but <laughs> I was doing what I believe God was called, what he wanted me to do. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to get up there, but I was learning a lot doing it, so I'm leading, 
And uh, so over that time, but I'm, I'm working. I'm a software engineer and learning. And, I, and I've shared this. I, I graduated December 1996. And in April, because some other folks in the church were going down to Rama for getting acquainted with Rama Weekend, I went down and I didn't have any sense to go. I was like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do now. I'm working at the job and I'm supposed to do that. But I believe I was supposed to go at some point, but I'm just working. I believe I'm supposed to do that. So I do that for years. And I went to Rama and I still, I would go to school in the morning. I'd come home and I would uh, work at home. I was a con. I, I worked for the company that I used to work for in Nebraska, and, and was a contractor. And then I would work on Saturday mornings, and I would serve in the church, and that's what I was doing. And you know, I, I remember, I just I was just there, and I'm like, I'm studying. You're at Rama, but I have a family. I have two kids, and I have to support them. And I remember just trying to, you know, it's busy, and I got I'm serving in all these things at church because I'm learning. And then we're volunteering in certain things, and I'm working, and I got the little kids. And I remember, I remember specifically one day just trying to grab a walk with Shelly. And we're just talking and catching up, and it's like 50 minutes. Okay, we get, we're getting our walk, and then we're going on. And I remember distinctly, like, just, I, I wouldn't have put words on it, but it was, you're, I'm just like, what, what am I doing here at Rima? Of course, I'm getting taught, but it was like, you just know how to live life and take care of all these things and do it being led and being built up and, and just running the play. And that's what we were doing. Well, moved out here, still contracting, pastoring a church, just started. You know, barely any people show up at the beginning. But I'm wanting to, I want a pastor, but I got to do this job. And I kept doing that. And I remember... You know, I, and then I was working at a company down in Burlington and, uh, you know, started working there as a senior software engineer. And then my manager re, uh, moved on. And so they asked me to be the manager. And I, t I said, I, I just flat out said to coworkers, I don't want to be the manager. I don't want to manage. And then they asked me and I, I'm like, I talked to Shelly about it. And we were like, I think I'm supposed to do that. It's like, don't, don't you realize that can blow up your whole time? I'm trying to pastor and whatever. Now your time just is evaporated. As an engineer, you can control some things. So, a manager, we felt we should do it. So I'm managing the team of software engineers while pastoring, and I have, at that point, four kids. And then there's more and more stuff going on, and there's, you know, we're a global company, so you're dealing with stuff all the time. And I remember distinctly, and I've said this to Shelly multiple, I remember walking across this hallway and just thinking, why do I have to put up with this stuff? If I were pastoring, how ignorant I was. I want to be full-time on this. I want to be doing this stuff, this other stuff. But I have to deal with this and this and this and just because I'm working here. And it's, Spirit of God spoke up on the inside and said, you know, if you were working for Pastor Hagen or you were doing something and this, you had these type of challenges, what would you do? Well, I would do it. Well, this is what you're called to do right now. So what are you going to do? And I realized some of the stuff that I was like, I'll deal with it, but I'm kind of, I'm doing it, but I'm not really owning it. 
I'm, I'm here because I'm dealing with this group and I'm dealing with this group and these people overseas and whatever. And they're just, they don't got their act together. And I'm like, I'm just there, right? And I realized I'm supposed to be doing the best job. I, not that I wasn't doing a good job, but you know, every, you can think, ah, I'm just dealing with this culture. I'm dealing with the situation. And I realized I have to move this thing forward. I need to own this. And if this is what I'm doing right now, I act like this is the same type of thing that I'd have to do. And my attitude changed. And I started just reaching out to people and saying, this is, I'm, I'm responsible to trying to make this stuff work. It may be your problem, but I'm trying to get this done over here. How can I change that? And moving forward, and I realized, and I started moving forward on certain things like that. That, that makes all the difference. When you look at what you're doing, and you're looking at it through the right lens. And sometimes we can look at what we're called to do in life. Well, this isn't real spiritual, or this isn't ministry, or this is what I want to do sometime, but I'm stuck here. And that will keep you stuck. And I'll tell you, as we stepped out into full-time ministry, and it was totally by faith. There was no way in the natural. It looked like you're just being dumb. But we sat on it for a long time. It was a long time in com coming. And we were like, okay, here we go. If I have to... if I I am willing to put everything on the line for this. And God has been faithful. God has been faithful over and over and over. But I remember that transition. What, what does that come down to? What, whatever God asks you to do, whatever there is to do, you have a heart to do it. You have uh, the willingness to do it. You do it with gusto. You do it to the best of your ability. That's a heart to serve him. Amen.